0: this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint, and with me today, Obadiah Smith. Glad to be back, Jim. Obadiah, so good to see you, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. You know, Christmas Day is fast upon us. It's just in a few days, and I don't know about you, Obadiah, but the closer we get, the more excited I am because I love Christmas, but there's also a part of me that thinks I'm losing control of my life. <laughs> and my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and your mind. I mean, there's something about the holidays that kind of just overtakes us. Yes, it is. You. And we We long at once for the Christmas day, but also maybe for it to be over because so many edges of our lives have been consumed by expectations that are hard to meet, maybe by relationships that we have to face that otherwise through the year we avoid. Yes. Some people will go to Christmas dinners and they'll see a relative or a friend that they haven't seen for a while. A while, right? That they don't really like. Yes. Yes. Maybe we're harboring some kind of grudge because of some wrong experienced long before, never dealt with. But when those things happen, then our holiday is robbed. Our lives are robbed. Yes. And sometimes when I get to Christmas, I just want to stop for a minute, take a deep breath and say, I want to take my life back. (laughs) Yes. Well, if you're like us listening today, be encouraged because this Viewpoint program is part of a series based on a book called Take Your Life Back written by our friend Stephen Arterburn and his friend David Stoop. It's all drawn from truth of the ages, from the Scripture itself, but it's also exactly on point for these holidays. Stay with us. ¶¶ Take Your Life Back is the title of a new book published by Stephen Arterburn and David Stoop. It's a terrific book that actually is grounded in one of the most famous stories ever told. Obadiah, if you could name one or two of the most famous things ever spoken by Jesus, let's say, it would surely include this story of... The prodigal son, Jim. The prodigal son. And you know, we all know the story of the prodigal son. Everyone who hears it can never forget it. I mean, it's just inescapable once you get it, once you hear it. Even people who don't think about Jesus or care about Jesus or spiritual things, understand the lessons of this story that Jesus told and recorded for us in the New Testament, Luke chapter 15. And in this story, famous, we all find ourselves on the stage. Yes, we do. And of course, the story kind of unfolds this way. You've got a dad, and he represents God our Father. Yes. And the dad has two boys, and the younger boy He's just kind of full of himself and wants to experience life. He wants to go on an adventure. Obadiah, did you ever cross that threshold in your own life? Oh, many times I had oh. be pulled back. <laughs> <laughs> many times. No, I'm not talking about your kids. I'm talking no, about me, you. No, me, me. <laughs> well, that, that's a part of all of our growing up, I think, that we have moments where we want to individuate. But this young son, and who was a young man at the time, decides he wants to take his inheritance. Dad's not dead yet, but he wants his share of the estate, and he demands from his father, give me what is mine. Because I want to go live on my own terms. Yes. And the dad honors that request, I'm going to guess sadly. And so he walks out the door with his inheritance in hand and he squanders it. What's he what's he spending it on?
1: Well, from a religious standpoint, unrighteous living, but if you want to get specific, prostitutes. That's
0: what the scripture says. He's uh dining with wine women and song. I mean, he's just these are people to whom he's not married and he's experiencing all kinds of fun stuff. I mean, it's not unusual in any age, in any generation, that temptations are the same. He just wants to do what he wants on his own terms. And if he has to buy people's bodies to have a good time, he'll do that too. Yes. Until at last, he loses it all, and he's reduced to poverty. And then he's just working on a pig farm, and he's starving. And he thinks, you know, if I just went back home, I could be a servant in my father's house and eat better than this. Yes. Because he's eating what the pigs eat. Yes. And so... He has surrendered his life to his own folly. He's made mistakes. He squandered his inheritance, and now he's clothed by shame. He's not in control of his life, but he makes a decision. I'm going to take my life back and try and walk back home, and that's what happens. Come back home. In the last two weeks on Viewpoint, we've talked about that kind of life journey, and many of us Uh, Here in the studio, as well as listening to us on air right now, have experienced some of that. We've made mistakes. We know we have. We've messed up. We're ashamed. We're embarrassed. But you come to a point where the scripture says you come to your senses and say, I'm taking my life back. And this Christmas, no matter where you've been or what you've done, know this you can take your life back and go home to the Father. God in heaven is waiting for you. And this Christmas is a great time for you to simply say, Father in heaven, forgive me, I want to be home. But there's another guy in the story. Yes, it's the other son. The other son, the older boy. Yes. Now, this guy is the goody two-shoes. He stays home the whole time, and he's very unhappy when his younger brother comes back. And that brings us to the text. And so, Obadiah, I know you have your Bible open there. This is Luke chapter 15. Read for us, uh, beginning with verse 25, and I'll pick it up at 28.
1: Meanwhile, the older son was in the field working when he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house, and he asked one of the servants what was going on. Your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the fatted
0: calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. But the scripture continues, the older brother was angry, and he would not go in. His father came out and begged him, but he replied, All these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf? His father said to him, Look, dear son, you have always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day. For your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. And right there we have one of the most poignant passages, I think, in the whole of the Scripture. An older brother who has lived according to the law, so to speak, he does everything right, but he's still not happy. Why? because he surrendered his life to his brother's foolishness. He's he's allowing his own joy and his own opportunity to celebrate, to be robbed because somebody else hasn't met his expectations. And you know what? This Christmas... You're going to go to a Christmas dinner. You're going to run into somebody at your office party, or you're going to be somewhere in the world. Maybe it's even reading the headline, and your joy is going to be robbed because somebody else has not done what you wanted them to do. There's somebody else that just hasn't lived up to your expectations. And so you know what? You need to take your life back and stop giving control. When we come back, we're going to talk about lessons on how. How do you get out of that older brother groove this Christmas?
2: Told me, bum A newborn king, new sea, bum Our finest gifts we bring, bum To lay before the king, Parumba bum, Rumba So to honor him, ba rum bum bum when we come. Fit to give the king a rubber bum bum.
0: Many of us have too long allowed other people to control our lives because they don't do what we think is right. Maybe it's an abusive relationship where they actually try and manipulate and control us by design. Or maybe they do so unconsciously, but still that's their M.O. Maybe we are surrendered to someone who may not even be aware of their impact on us because they're pursuing their own course, but because we love them or care for them or we're ourselves so insecure or we think that our future is hinged to them, we allow them to control our lives. And so at every moment when we might have joy, we experience a sense of resentment because we, we resent the fact that we can't be happy because they have lived out in a negative way. That's the older brother's story. And this Christmas especially, many relationships are complicated. Beneath the veneer of a holiday party or new clothes or decorations or music, there's this burning sense of kind of frustration. Why can't I be happy? Because my husband or my wife or my children or my parents or my coworker or my neighbor just won't do right. And that's a trap. That is right,
1: Jim. It's a devastating trap that leaves you in the place that you truly
0: believe that there is no way out. You're trapped, Uh, you're entrapped, but it's actually within your power to take your life back. You do not have to live this way and this Christmas you can be free. Now in the story of the prodigal son, everything hinges on coming back to the father. It's the father who makes things right and we don't want to overlook that. The younger brother who squandered everything finds peace and happiness and life and freedom. He takes his life back as he surrenders to the Father. The older son has a chance to surrender once more to the Father and take his life back. But as you have that in view, think about some other steps you can take also that flow right out of that. If you are actually standing before God, if you bring yourself to God who sent his son Jesus into the world at the first Christmas, here's some things you can think about. And it's a lot of self-talk because we tell ourselves things. So first up, Stop thinking this, Obadiah, not just you, but for all of us. All of us, yes. Stop thinking, you know what? I can always change the other person. I'm frustrated this Christmas, but I know I'll be able to change my spouse or my child or my neighbor or my parent, whatever. My happiness waits as soon as I can change them up. What should I think
1: instead? You should start thinking that I can change myself no matter what the other person has done. I am in control.
0: That's right. And it's not our job to change someone else. We think it is, but we can't. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. You cannot conform them to your image. You can call the best out of them. You can affirm them. You can speak positively in their lives. You can be long-suffering and patient. You can love them. But in the end, nobody is changed until they choose to change. And as long as you wait for them to change to find life, you'll be enslaved
1: to what they do. Yes, Jim. And the other thing that we need to stop thinking... That life will get better when the other person gets better. (laughs)
0: Yeah. You know what? My next Christmas is going to be so much better than this one because I know next Christmas, Johnny won't be acting out that way. Right. Sorry. Yes. (laughs) Why not just enjoy this Christmas and try and make the best of it? Because Johnny may act out next year too. Yes. And even if Johnny changes, you may find someone else to blame your unhappiness on. So it really comes right back to you too. Instead of thinking, well, you know, my life's going to get better when the other person gets better. How about this? My life will get better when I get better. Yes. When I come to terms with the the world as it is. And that stop focusing on everything that is
1: wrong, but particularly looking at things on the inwardness. And when you begin to focus on the areas of your own life that needs improvement and radical change.
0: That's right. Because we all have areas to grow. And as long as you're looking at someone else's need to grow... It's very unlikely that you yourself will realize, develop your own potential. Well, there's another thing that uh, we've already referenced a little bit. Just stop thinking this. Stop saying, I'm trapped. What should we say instead? I have options. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) you know what? Yes, I may feel trapped. And honestly, reasonably, I could look at my life and say, I'm backed into a corner because I married this guy, or these are my children, or these are my parents, or this is my job and I have to have it. Or, I mean, there are all kinds of ways in which we feel trapped. And that's fair because those relationships do have huge impacts on us. But in the end, as long as God is on the throne of heaven, you are not trapped. There are options. You can start thinking and praying about what else you might do with the situation in which you find yourself. You can take your life back by just beginning to dream and to hope that you can move forward no matter what other people do, which can bring us to this last thing. Sometimes people say, it's hopeless because I've tried everything. Yes. What should you think instead? (laughs) We
1: should start thinking, Jim, that there are other options that I can try and that we need to connect
0: with other people that can show me what those better options are. Because as long as we just talk to ourselves, we will have finite perspective. But sometimes a fresh voice, an outside perspective, someone we can trust, can help us see something that we didn't see, Uh, a pathway, a journey, a hope that maybe we've lost the capacity to generate ourselves. Now, God is still in the middle of all this. You have to be certain that in these changing up of the way you think, that you are leaning on God, that you are prayerfully seeking God's direction. Lord, show me what I should do. Open my eyes to see. Lead me to that other voice that can help me see what my other options might be. Don't try and do this alone because you'll just get worse. But God is waiting in the house, and he wants you to celebrate. He wants you to have a place at the party table of life You just have to be willing to surrender to Him. There's one more critically important part of taking your life back that we need to discuss, Obadiah. When we come back this Christmas, think about forgiveness. Okay when we read the story of the prodigal son and we read about this older son who has kind of bitterness in his heart. He's so reluctant to celebrate the restoration of his younger brother. What's really going on inside? Is he upset with his brother? Of course. And he has right to be. The brother has been a mess up. But what did the younger brother take away from the older brother? He didn't take any of his money or any of his share of the estate. I mean, he messed up his own life. The older brother doesn't have any loss beyond just his angst. What's going on there? I think we always find ourselves projecting onto other people what is actually inside of us. So that anger and that resentment probably is born in something inside the older brother's heart where he knows he's not been perfect. He knows he hasn't been all that. He's comparing himself and making himself more worthy and valuable in relationship to his younger brother. But in the sight of God, the perfect God, he knows he has some things that are broken too, Yes. and he needs to confess his own sin.
1: Yes, because sometimes, Jim, when we're overwhelmed by looking at others, we victimize our own selves—that we that we are the victim—and right. we don't have an innerness to really look further, inner within
0: ourselves. And you can't ever take your life back until you own your own. Failures. Yes. The Scripture talks about this elaborately. Yes, it does. So, for instance, in James chapter 5, verse 16, the Scripture tells us that we have to confess our sins to each other and pray for each other so that we might be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. I mean, think about what that says. All of us, no matter where we are in life, need to be sure and certain that we have admitted our sin, not just to God, but to others so that others can pray with us. And that keeps us humble. That keeps us sure-footed. We remember that we too have not been perfect. And that prayer of others for us will help set us free and take our lives back. But we need to confess to God too. First John tells us that. Obadiah, what's it say? But if we
1: confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to
0: cleanse us from all wickedness. And this Christmas, think about this magnificent gift for all the Christmas gifts you can have to be absolutely certain, I am forgiven. No matter what I've done, no matter where I've been, no matter how ashamed I am, no matter how deep and dark my secret, I am clean. Not because I earned it, but because our God is faithful to forgive us. That's the work of the cross. It's the coming of Christ into the world so we can be forgiven. Allow yourself to receive this gift. Oh, but if you want this gift, there's one you have to give also. Yes, it
1: is, Jim, because once I've come to confess and I have come to the understanding that I am forgiven,
0: then I can forgive others. And that is necessary because the Scripture tells us we will not ourselves be forgiven unless we forgive. So look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 12. This is Jesus himself speaking, the Christ of Christmas talking famously, and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. This is the Lord's prayer, Jesus teaching us, Lord, I want you to forgive me in the same way I forgive others. It doesn't mean that they have to have the same sin I do. It's just that I can't carry baggage for them if I want you to not carry baggage with me. And this whole idea of forgiveness is the key to taking your life back. Wow, this Christmas, you have a chance. You have a chance to actually laugh and to smile, to love and to embrace, to set down some old suitcases, to let go of some things. Is there someone in this world that you need to forgive? Maybe this is the year you write that Christmas card and just say, I care for you. Or maybe even, so sorry about the strain between us, but I want you to know the Lord is good. And in your own heart, let God forgive you too. This Christmas, take your life back. Don't be the older brother sitting outside the party. Enjoy. You can. Take a step with us in that direction by praying with us now. Our Father, we're so thankful for the Christmas season, for its beauty, for its light, for its music, for the way in which it causes the world just to pause for a moment and to stop and think. And as we do so, Lord, help us to remember that we can take our lives back, that we should not be surrendered into other people's lives, their folly, their journeys, their failures. Don't let them define us. Help us to be free in you. Forgive us of our sin. Help us to share with others, Lord, in humility our own short suits and help us to forgive anyone who has wronged us, Lord, that we might this Christmas take our lives back and be free. Let us, Lord, celebrate and enjoy this season. Come to the party as the father in the prodigal son invites his older boy to do. May we not act with resentment or angst, but say, Yes, Lord, thank you. We celebrate. And we pray this, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, if you'd like to know more about how you can receive this gift of Christmas, how you can be free and take your life back, give us a call. Just dial this number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. 24 hours a day and seven days a week. We're right by the phone, and we are so ready and willing, anxious to hear from you. Obadiah, if someone wanted to not call us on the phone but felt more comfortable checking us out online, Where would they go? They can reach us at www.cbhviewpoint.org. That's our website, CBH Christians Broadcasting. Hope that's who we are, cbhviewpoint.org. Read about the ministry, send us an email, we will reply. Or at the last, just send me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you call us up, go online or use the post please. Let us hear from you this Christmas. Obadiah, don't be overwhelmed by the Christmas time. Now take your life back. I have it now, Jim. (laughs) I'm working on it. And for all of you listening today, thanks for coming alongside. We hope you'll be with us again next week as the Christmas week actually is upon us. Until then, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, and for all of us at the CBH Viewpoint Ministry team, this is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.